0: It says the people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light, and for those dwelling in the region in shadow of death, on them a light has dawned. As the illustration of um, light coming into darkness is probably the most universal and apprehensible illustration we have as humans, right? It's something it's something everyone can relate to. The idea of being in a physically or figuratively dark place where it seems like there's no hope, there's, there's confusion, there's fear, and light appears and brings hope into a, a difficult and hopeless situation. Um, guys, one of the things we like to do on uh, the last Sunday of every month is we like to have the younger kids in here with us, so... Um, When the younger kids are in here, I like to do this thing. Well, I'll say, kids, are you listening? And you guys will all answer. Okay, so let's try that again. Kids, are you all listening? Guys, I want you to know the reason we do that as a church is we just believe um, in family discipleship. We believe that what we do here on Sundays in this room is not an adults-only thing. Um, but that we come together as families to worship and focus on the Lord together. And just to encourage you, if you have some littles in here and you're worried about their being a little rambunctious or being distracting or being distracted and not getting anything out of it, I can just tell you that time and time and time and time again, um, we hear from parents talk about how it didn't seem like our five-year-old was really listening during the sermon, but then when we asked him about it afterwards, he was picking up on all kinds of stuff. So just be encouraged and just know that I'm gonna try to, do my best to help engage them along the way as well. So kids, I want you to imagine this with me. Kids, are you guys still listening? I want you to imagine for a minute that you're in that you were hiking in the woods with your parents and then you kind of wandered off and you got lost and then you went into a cave. And imagine that you went into that cave and then It became night, the sun went down, and that cave was pitch black. And I want you to think about how scared you would feel, right, you would feel scared, you would feel alone, you would feel like there's no hope. Um, And then after, after that night you were there, you were scared you were alone all night, and then all of a sudden you hear your dad's voice faintly in the background, and he has a flashlight, and then you just see a little bit of light creeping in to that darkness. So that's how Matthew describes the coming of Jesus into the world, that there was darkness in the world and that when Jesus came, he brought light into the darkness. Such a powerful, powerful illustration. And then Jesus in this text kind of introduces um, his ministry. This this is kind of a, an interesting section in Matthew. We've talked about um, Jesus's birth right around Advent. Then we talked about John the Baptist introducing Jesus. We talked about um, Jesus's temptation, Jesus's baptism. And this little chunk today we look at here in chapter 4 is just kind of like the setup, kind of the introduction to Jesus's life and ministry, which is going to dominate most of the book in Matthew. If you look at chapter 5, verse 1, it starts with the Sermon on the Mount, which is where we're going to be Next week. But right now, it's just kind of an introduction to Jesus' ministry. And he says, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And that, that phrase, kingdom of heaven, um, is going to come up again and again and again in the book of Matthew. And our ability to really understand it um, is crucial if we're going to understand the book of Matthew. So today, we're basically going to ask two questions about this text. One is, What is the kingdom of heaven? What does Jesus mean by that? When he says it time and time again in Matthew, he says that he's, when he's doing his teachings, he'll start it with, the kingdom of heaven is like this. And then he'll tell a story. So what does he mean? What does he mean when he says the kingdom of heaven? And then two, where did the kingdom of heaven arrive? Which is a lot of what we see discussed here in chapter four. So we'll start with one. What is the kingdom of heaven? I'm just gonna give you a brief definition um, that we'll work from. It says, um, the saving reign of Christ on earth, just a very simple definition of what is the kingdom of heaven, the saving reign of Christ on earth. So I just wanna walk through that definition and we're gonna look at um, basically the two words, saving and reign. Um, Reign just means the rule and authority of Christ. So first we're gonna focus on that. We're gonna kinda break that definition down into two parts, the first one being reclaimed authority. Think about it like this, guys, Um, in the Lord's Prayer, which a lot of you guys probably have memorized. It says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That when, we, when Jesus was teaching his disciples how to pray, he said, pray like this. Pray that the way that God rules and reigns in heaven, the way that God exercises full authority, the way that in heaven, everything happens exactly like God wants it to, that he is fully in control, fully reigning authoritatively, ruling everything Pray that that would come to earth like it is in heaven. When you pray, pray, God, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth just like it is in heaven. It's almost a, when you think of the kingdom of heaven, you almost, you almost should picture um, an invasion, right? Like imagine... Imagine there's this there's a geographical, like there's this valley and there's two mountains on either side of this valley. And over here on this mountain, this is the kingdom of God. This is heaven where God's rule and God's reign is just dominant. Nothing threatens his authority. Nothing happens other than exactly what God wants to happen. And then on the other side of this valley, there's, there's the kingdom of earth. There's where we live right now. Um, and the way the Bible describes that is that it actually, the Bible actually a couple times refers to Satan as two different ways, that um, he's, he's the ruler of this age. He actually says in Ephesians, the God of this age, or sorry, in 2 Corinthians, the God of this age. That Satan in some sense has some, some dominion and some limited authority over this earth, over where we live here and now. Um, and so imagine that this kingdom where we live right now on earth is this kingdom of Of darkness where God's God's will is not fully done and lived out like it is in heaven and Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is at hand he says there is an invasion that the kingdom of heaven has come down is coming in to penetrate the darkness of where we live here and now so when we think about it in those terms what we come to find out is that is that there's this battle going on and it's not that it's not that um it's not that Jesus doesn't truly have authority over what happens here on earth. Um, it's the idea that the darkness that we live in because of Satan's sin and death in our time on this planet does um, not mean that Jesus does not have full authority, um, that Jesus coming, coming down, coming to earth to rule and reign is a reclaimed authority, right? It's that, it's that Jesus has allowed Satan's sin and death to reign temporarily because of sin, because of what happened in the garden, and that he is coming, come to find out that this kingdom is his all along, and he is reclaiming that authority. So the light has come, and it's pushing back the darkness. The way John says it is this, in John chapter one, verse five, it says, the light shines into the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There's a, passage later on in Matthew we'll get to where John the Baptist is in prison and he basically knows he's about to be executed or thinks he is and he sends someone he says hey ask Jesus if he's really the one which is crazy right I mean John the Baptist is the guy that baptized Jesus that said behold the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world John himself is preaching this message of behold the kingdom of heaven is at hand but he's in prison and he's wondering is it Has the kingdom of heaven really come? Has has God really sent his king, his Messiah, to bring his rule and reign on earth as it is in heaven? And Jesus sends back word, and listen to what he says. This is is the sign that, that that is happening, that the kingdom of God is coming to earth. And it says this, and Jesus answered them, go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, and the lame walk. Lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, and the dead are raised up, and the poor have the good news preached to them. So this, these signs that we see accompanying Jesus' life and ministry, the, the healings, um, the kindness, the compassion, just, just the general light he brings into the world— are not just signs of who Jesus is, but signs that God's kingdom is coming to earth, God's authoritative rule and reign is beginning to dawn on earth as it is in heaven. So there's, a, there's another passage where... Um, Jesus is doing these, these healings. He's, he's being light in our darkness, right? He's healing people. He's doing miracles. And some of the Pharisees say, look, he's only healing. He's only casting out demons because he's the prince of demons. And Jesus makes this really cool statement. He says, a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand, right? He says, if someone's going to um, rob a house, if he's going to invade someone else's house and plunder it and take its goods, but someone else is living in that house, he must first bind the man, he must first bind the strong man, take out the man who owns the house before he plunders its good. And Jesus is basically saying, look, as I'm coming, I'm binding Satan. I'm destroying Satan. I'm, I, I'm coming to make war against the darkness and take back that which is fully God's. And so I want to look a little, little bit at what that means for us practically today. Um, because the scripture says that we are living as citizens of heaven, right? That, that God's rule and reign, that all the good things that accompany God in heaven and his dwelling is when Jesus came, that those things are invading and entering earth where we live. Um, think about how Jesus looked different, right? Anywhere Jesus went, it's like there was good things happening around him, right? He, he was generous to the poor. He, was, he would touch the lepers. He would heal the sick. He would cast out demons, light and good things surrounded him. And what the scripture says is that is that it should be the same way with us. That all of the when you think of the good things the church does, the good things Christians do, it's because we are we are light in a dark place because the kingdom of heaven has come and is living and residing through us as citizens of heaven. And this can flesh out in all kinds of different ways, just in simple kindness. Think about the things that happen that just kind of, maybe you see stories on the news or something like that, and it just makes you feel good of people just being good to each other. That That's what it ought to look like. That's what our lives ought to look like, that we're just doing simple acts of kindness to people, and in that the kingdom of heaven has come. That we are living as citizens of heaven, citizens of the kingdom of heaven in a world of darkness. Think about when we're generous to other people, when we're open-handed with what God has given us, it's, it's not just because we're trying to obey a command. It's because we know that our king has plenty, <laughs> that our king and his, his kingdom is bountiful, that he owns the cattle on a thousand hills so I can be open-handed with the things he's given me because I know that my dad has this taken care of that my king's riches abound, there is no end to them, so I can be generous with what he's given me to others. I think about how Jesus was so, Jesus was so kind towards kids, you know? Um, there was a scene where, where the kids were coming to Jesus, and like, I get those kids away from here, and he's like, no, 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 let the, let the little children come to me. And when I think about the kingdom of heaven being on, being on earth as it is in heaven, the kingdom of heaven coming, Think about those who are kind towards kids kids are you guys still listening all right good 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 I want to talk about something uh, my granddad used to do when I was a kid so let me ask you adults get you guys involved too a little bit here I want you to raise your hand if you grew up in a church of like less than 200 people like just kind of an old kind of country church anyone grew up in a church less? okay now keep your hand up and I want to do a test keep your hand up If there was an older man in that church who passed out peppermints to all the kids, See, all the hands stayed up, right? That's just kind of like a thing that if you, if you grew up in that kind of a church, every church had this old man that just kept a pocket full of peppermints. And like, you can just imagine that guy every morning, every Sunday morning when he got ready to go to worship, he would just grab a handful of those peppermints. He's thinking, I'm going to give all those kids a little treat, right? And so that was, when I was growing up in church, that was my granddad. Like he was that guy, right? Like everyone just kind of run up to him and he'd just kind of sneak him a peppermint, right? But it just, it's things like that just made me think about that. That's what, that's, being, being light, being kind and generous to others, that there was something just good and right about that that just made your heart just go, yes. We think about fighting injustice, standing up for those who can't stand for themselves, right? That, that in this world, there is darkness, and because of that darkness, because of that sin, there are people who can't stand up for themselves, be it because of their economic situation. We think about fighting for the rights of the unborn. Think about standing up for racial issues right that part of what it ought to mean for us to be a part of this kingdom of heaven that has come is to is to fight against the sin and injustice that exists all around us I think about I think about innovation I think about some of you guys that are kids in this room you're gonna you're gonna grow up and you're gonna invent things you're gonna create things and you're gonna cure diseases you're going to do things to make the world a better place and I want you to know that when you're doing that you're not just being a good citizen here you are you're being a representative of all that is good and right and true about the kingdom of heaven coming to earth through you as the church one of the things we're going to hear about at the end of the service is um, there's a guy in our church named Danny Garcia. Danny works as a police officer, and he's very involved in the schools. And one of the things Danny does to be, to be light, to, be, to live as a citizen of the kingdom of heaven here on earth, is that he pays attention to kids in the school system who have a rough home life. Either their parents just neglect them or don't really love them that much, or um, their parents are maybe a single mom who's so busy with work, she just doesn't have the time and the ability to give her kids what they need. Danny looks for those families, finds those families, and finds ways to bless them. And our church has been involved in that and helped with that. Um, and he's going to talk right after the service. And if, if, you, if you can't stay after the service today, I'd encourage you to talk to myself or Brianna or Danny afterwards about how to get involved in this. But there's a mentoring program that Rockwell ISD does where you can volunteer just like an hour a week to go sit with one of those kids and be light to them, right? And be a citizen of heaven. Be light in, for people, kids who are in a dark place, to stand up for those and be there for those who are less fortunate than ourselves. So that's that's part of what the kingdom means. The kingdom, of, the kingdom being at hand is God's rule and reign coming to earth, but it's not just that. It's also his saving power. I want you to imagine this for a second, what? What the Jews were expecting in a Messiah was a political leader, a military authority to come in and overthrow the Romans, because the situation the Jews lived in is this, is that they're living over here in this kingdom that used to be theirs, right? They're living in this land that used to be their kingdom, and now a foreign ruler has come in, and now they are oppressed, they're disparaged, they're abused. They're 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 taken for granted, right? That 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 if a Roman citizen were, were to were to come in and, and and kidnap a Jewish family's kids and go sell sell them as slaves, they probably couldn't do much about that, right? Because well, he's a Roman. He can basically do what he wants. That they were living in a time where they were oppressed, where their th- a thumb, a heavy hand was upon them, and that's that's kind of the language Jesus gives us of where we were at. Because of sin, that they, just like they were looking for a military authority to come in and rescue them from that oppression, rescue them from that stronghold, that the situation we lived in, in earth, in the kingdom of darkness, ruled by the prince of power of the air, that Jesus has come to free us from that oppression that comes with sin and the bondage that comes with it. Before Jesus came, God's people, not just the Jews, but all who are called by his name, We're ruled and oppressed by a prince to whom we did not truly belong. we were living in a kingdom of darkness as an oppressed people. This is part of what it means for Jesus' rule and reign to be on earth, is that when he comes and he invades this darkness... That Satan, the prince of power of the air, is, is, is bound and then we are then set free from that bondage. That he came to bring his rule and reign to earth as it is in heaven so that we who were truly his citizens but being ruled and oppressed by this, this evil dictator are set free from the sin and the bondage that entangles us. And, and, and what that looks like for us on a practical level is if that that's true of you, if Jesus has set you free from sin, if he has called you, if he has saved you, if you are calling on the name of Jesus and trusting on his work to free you from sin and save you from the oppression that sin had a hold on you, if that's you, that, that you've now been commissioned to proclaim his rule, to proclaim his coming, and to proclaim the freedom that he offers to those who are still living and entrapped, and in bondage to sin. Like, imagine it this way. Like, when Jesus came, when the kingdom of heaven came to earth in the person of Jesus, it was very local. Like, anywhere Jesus went, demons were fleeing, right? Sins were forgiven. People were healed. But then when Jesus ascended, he charged the church to take this kingdom, this light that I've brought that has dawned, and take it to the ends of the earth. This, this freedom that I've proclaimed from sin, now you take it and you proclaim it to the ends of the earth. And that's why we're about that as a church at Crosspoint. That's why we send teams overseas. That's why we partner with church planters overseas because we believe that, that this kingdom of heaven is expanding to the ends of the earth, that the whole purpose of Jesus was coming and the kingdom of heaven coming to the earth was that it would expand to the far corners of the earth, to every tribe, to every tongue, to every nation. So all of us, if you've been saved, you should be asking yourself, what part do I play in that? Right, that the kingdom of heaven has come and I have have been released from my bondage and my sin because of that and God wants to take that message, to take that freedom to the ends of the earth, to the darkest corners of the planet. What part do I play in that? What part do I play in taking the gospel to the darkest places of the earth where darkness reigns and light has yet to penetrate. All of us should be asking that question. Let's talk about what this means for us. Rockwall, Texas 2020. So right here today in 2020, I have a question for you kids, you guys listening? Okay, so we've been talking about the kingdom of heaven is at hand, the kingdom has come. So let me ask you this. Has the kingdom of heaven come today? Is Jesus ruling and reigning? Is his will being done on earth today just as it is in heaven? Has the kingdom of God come? It's kind of a tricky answer, right? Yes and no. And that's what we're going to see is that in the book of Matthew, that the kingdom of heaven is give you some theological language for this. The kingdom of heaven is already not yet. Has Jesus come? Has the kingdom come? Yes, absolutely. Is God's will being done? Is everything happened just the way He wants it to on earth without sin and without rebellion, as it is in heaven? Not yet. It's going to. Right as the kingdom expands and the gospel reaches all nations, Jesus is going to come back and rule fully and finally that this earth will operate just like heaven where God's rule is, is God's, God's ways and his will is done perfectly without sin. That time is coming, but it's not here yet. The kingdom is already and not yet. And so we, where we are today in 2020, we find ourselves In the middle of this drama, this epic battle between light and darkness, and it's like the light has come in, but we're still stuck in the middle of this battle. Kids, you guys still listening? Thanks, Bear. Appreciate your volume there. That's good. Guys, uh, um, how many of you guys have seen Toy Story 3, you kids? Most of you guys. So Toy Story 3 is funny to me, man, because um, if you haven't seen it, spoiler alert, um, that's shame on you for parents if your kids haven't seen it yet. The spoiler, that's on you. Okay, so um, there's this scene where a buddy and Buzz and all the toys are like dropped onto this conveyor belt in this like landfill garbage facility and they're they're rolling on this conveyor belt and there's just like this furnace below them that like whatever falls off that conveyor belt is just going to be incinerated. Like it will be no more. And I was talking to Jackson about this movie and how it's funny how like it really tugs at you emotionally, right? Like, it's not real, right? These aren't, they're toys and they're not even real toys, right? But they're, and it's, the whole thing's fake. But, but still, you're sitting there watching that and you're like sweating, right? Like, are they, and on top of that, you know that the Pixar people weren't writing and go, and then here, they'll all fall off and die. Yeah, let's, let's roll with that, right? No, like no one's gonna write the movie so that all the toys fall off on our incinerator. That, that would be a terrible, terrible movie. So you know what the end is, right? Look, like you know the whole time that there's there's never a question about what's going to happen, that they're going to be saved, that they're not going to die in this furnace. And where we live is, is not too dissimilar from that, like that we know that Jesus will have final victory, right? There's no question God isn't writing the story such that the gospel isn't taken to all nations and darkness reigns forever. That's not how the story ends, and we know that, and yet we live in this intense time in the middle of that where it's still playing out. And what I love about that is it helps me make sense of things. Like, when I see that, when I, when I have that in view that the kingdom of heaven is at hand, it helps me see that, yes, I've been released from the oppression of sin, but I still struggle, right? Anyone feel like they've been released from the oppression of sin to the point that you're not tempted or don't struggle anymore? Anybody? No, right? Because we're living between the times because the kingdom is already and not yet, that we have victory over Satan, sin, and death, but we still struggle. We've been given victory over death. As citizens of heaven, we have victory over death, but we still mourn when our friends and family pass away because we've not been fully released from the curse of sin at this point in time. And this ought to make us content and hopeful, right? Like... Content that Jesus has come, that he has come to rescue us, that he has forgiven us through the cross, and that I'm a citizen in heaven. Ephesians 2 says we're seated with him in the heavenly places. In a spiritual sense, I'm already seated with Christ, but I'm also eagerly awaiting and expecting the time when Jesus has come, when his his kingdom would fully reign on earth as it does in heaven let's talk briefly about where the kingdom of God arrived. So that's what the kingdom is. Jesus is coming, bringing the kingdom of God, the saving rule and reign of Christ to earth as it is in heaven. And where did this kingdom arrive? And we've talked about this a couple weeks ago, so I'm just going to touch on this, but it's, it's so crucial um, in these verses, in the text that Matthew quotes from the book of Isaiah. He says, Galilee of the Gentiles, right? Galilee of the Gentiles, that Jesus came to a place called Galilee, that he was born in Bethlehem, but he was raised and grew up in Nazareth and set up his ministry in Capernaum, which is north um, of Israel. And what's significant about this is when Isaiah wrote this, this idea of on the people of dwelling in darkness have seen a great light, on them light has dawned. The cool thing about that is What Isaiah was referring to is in the kingdom of Israel, the very north end was the first to be invaded, that the Assyrians came in and they wiped out this area of Galilee. And so this area of Galilee became the first part of Israel's kingdom to be taken over by a foreign nation. And so that's why it was seen as kind of a dark place. That's why Isaiah wrote, the people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. That when Jesus came, he came to the place, not in Jerusalem at the capital where Everyone thought they were near to God because they were close to the temple, but to a place on the outskirts of Israel that was seen as a place that wasn't really as holy as the rest of Israel, that that's where Jesus came. If you can imagine this, that those who were living in Jerusalem, they, they had the temple there where they came to worship and they thought because of this temple, we're really near to God and those who are living up north in Galilee, they're not as near to God, they're not as close to God as we are because of where they live. And later on in the book of Isaiah, he'll say this in chapter 66, thus says the Lord, think about this, think about this being spoken to Jews who held the temple in such high esteem that the temple, man, that's the thing, that's the thing that connects us to God, that's where we worship, that's what makes us holy, that's going to the temple, it's what makes us holy and worthy of God's relationship. And God speaks this to them, thus says the Lord, heaven is my throne, earth is my footstool. What is the house that you would build for me? And what is the place of my rest? All these things my hand is made, and so all these things came to be. He's basically saying, look, the temple is, I don't need your temple. Heaven is my throne, earth is my footstool." But look what he says. But to this one whom I will look, he who is humble and contrite and trembles at my word. See, that is almost, Jesus almost fulfilling that when he comes not to Jerusalem where the temple is, but sets up his ministry up north in the remote area of Galilee that he's saying something to us about that. He's saying that he's a God of compassion. He's saying that he, he doesn't need the temple, that he came not to those who thought they were close, but to those who thought they were out of reach, to those who were far off. And he said, the kingdom of heaven is for you. That, that I'm not looking for you to build a really fancy place for me, you to bring a lot of accolades to the table, I'm looking for someone who's humble and contrite and trembles at my word to those, those are the ones to whom I will draw near. It's because we've talked a lot about this morning about the kingdom of heaven coming and being released from sin and bondage and how when Jesus comes into our lives, just like when he came to earth, he, he releases us from the darkness that had a, a foothold, that had a had a grasp on us that we couldn't free ourselves from, um, guys. Let me let me pray, and then we're gonna pass out the Lord's Supper. God, thanks so much for today. Appreciate um, what you've given us. That you've given us this time together to to look closely at what it meant for you to come, for your kingdom to come to earth. Um, and God, I pray that as we take the supper, even now as it's passed out, that we would. Um, Remember why you came, that you're bringing your kingdom to earth and you ruling and triumphing over sin was, was at a great cost. Um, that, that victory ultimately came, not just with you coming to earth, but your, your death, you taking the penalty for sin so that we could be freed from it. And I pray that we would enjoy that and consider that now. I pray in Christ's name, amen.